Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Okay, there we are. Are we? I think so. We'll find out. They were generally pretty good at letting us know. Yeah, they are. Um, Welcome, everyone. Uh, Apologies for not having an episode last week. Um, Neither one of us were quite 100%. Yeah, it Um, just... Of course, in this time, it's like, I don't feel good today. (laughs) (laughs) So, luckily not. Luckily not. Well, and I haven't I haven't fully recovered uh, entirely myself because it my my issues have been more emotional and mental rather than physical. So it's it's been one of those things, and there are a number of reasons for it. We don't have to get into all of it, but um, it had me debating whether or not to even do a show tonight. So. Um, well, we're doing one. We're you know doing that, right? One. Because we're we're, we're we are, actually yes. on the air. We are we are doing one. We are <laughs> recording on the air. and everything. <laughs> yes. My name is Jason Hunt, and I am Timothy Harvey, and this is the H Two O podcast. And it is one of those things. Um, I I've been one of the reasons I was debating is I was looking at all of the stuff. Warren Ellis, Cameron, um, Cameron, what's yeah, his name? Yeah. Cameron Stewart. Um, the stuff going on with uh, uh, The Last of Us and Naughty Dog and all of those things. I'm just like, I just don't want to talk about any of it. I just, I just don't. I, I look at, I look at the, I look at Twitter, I look at social media, and, and the reason that I look at it is because a lot of announcements, you know, I'll look sure. here for headlines and news and somebody says something and this is something and there's this thread, this discussion. Right, right. Okay, so I feel a certain sense of obligation to pay attention, especially mm-hmm. given now that we're we're watching we're watching all of the social media channels for the Comic-Con announcements. Right. Cuz we want to stay up to date on schedule changes and cancellations and that kind of thing. And as I'm going through, of course, everybody is talking about all of the riots and the statues being pulled down and all this, that, and the other, and the, you know, COVID and Tulsa and this. And I was like, I'm just, I just, I'm just done. And then the Indiegogo campaign, we had to suspend that because we weren't going to meet our goal. We were tracking. We had a five thousand dollar goal. Mm-hmm. Which I thought was reasonable, given what we wanted to do and what it was going to cost. And we were tracking to end our campaign with $980. <laughs> I was like, that's nowhere near what we need for the bare minimum of what we wanted to do. So it was it was one of these things, and you and I have talked about you know, the fact that we both fight depression on, right. on occasions. For the last two weeks, I have been in this massive grand mal depression spiral that I I have not quite been able to shake. Well, and and I think one thing, because we have talked about depression on this show, and, and I think it's um, 
for a long, long time, it was something that people simply didn't talk about, which was not healthy. Right. And very dangerous, and especially for men, because men are, there's a, there's a mindset that says, uh, oh, no, I'm fine, I'm fine. Okay, sometimes we're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and sometimes depression has real triggers, and sometimes it's, it's you know, chemical just cycles through and does things to you. Um, so there's a lot of things that can trigger it, and yeah, I mean, I completely understand um, now I did, I was thinking about, about our campaign and, um, I think it's not a bad idea to consider circling back around to it when we are not in a position in the world where too many people are out of work right now. Yeah. We work at about 13% unemployment or something. And, and then we've got everything going on with, with, uh, you know, the, the social issues going on in terms of, of where we are with everything everything so the the some of the things that are in the way of a campaign in normal times are there right now funnily enough though all of the other indiegogo campaigns that i've been keeping an eye on of course granted they're all graphic novels which ours is not and so there's a big difference there but i have sent in we are i got an email back today from uh, one of my contacts at Indiegogo, the campaign has now been taken back officially to draft format, mm-hmm. so it's not public anymore. Uh, and we sent out all of our refunds on Friday, so those should be getting processed, and and we'll have something. We'll 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 circle back. But I did send an email today uh, asking if there's somebody uh, at Indiegogo who can inter- interface with us. And kind of go through the campaign and look at it and say, okay, where where can we improve this? Sure. And how can, how do we get our you know how do we improve our chances of this thing actually making gold? So we'll see what happens. I don't know. Worth looking into. But all of this going on, I have no no real desire to mm-hmm. to do anything. I I barely decided to do uh, pineapple last night, mm-hmm. and it was the last episode because. That one's been kind of a weird, odd duck anyway, because mm-hmm. it doesn't have an identity. It's just, right. it's me talking to the camera. And that was originally live from the bunker, mm-hmm. which turned into an interview show. So this one was kind of this weird non-something something, and we weren't getting a whole lot of, of traction on it. We get We get a few views, but not, not nothing that we do does as well as I would hope. Turns out, I think we're being shadow banned. I, and it's and I have no clear evidence to support this theory. Okay. So this is just me looking at anecdotal stuff. Mm-hmm. All right. Because when you figure that we have over we have over three thousand followers on Twitter, we have twenty two hundred followers on Facebook. If you figure a little bit of overlap, you're still looking at about twenty five hundred three thousand people that should be seeing the stuff we post on social media. F- almost fourteen hundred subscribers here on on YouTube, and you would think. Because in sales, if you have 100 people and you make your sales pitch to 100 people, 
you do all of the math of how many people respond and how many people, you know, respond to the second call and actually make the purchase, you know, all the transactional stuff. We should have a higher number of videos on our uh, views on our videos than we do. We should be in triple digits. We should have 100, 150, 200 instead of 12 or 20. So I don't know. I I don't know if this is if if this is anything or not. That I, that I did run across a few sites. You know, run this test and see if you're shadow banned. One of them says that we are. One of them says we're not shadow banned on Twitter. One of them says we might be. Another one says we might be shadow banned on Instagram. How are they determining that? I'm not sure. I don't. I don't know how it all works. Because the biggest problem I have with shadow banning is that all the evidence is anecdotal. Right. There's but, no actual. And and the problem. But every I, social media platform has now admitted to doing it. So we know that it's a process that's done. We just don't know. I I per, I haven't run across this information as to how to deter, how to determine if it's being done to us. Like I said, it's a it's a guess, it's supposition on my part. Or, I, or, I could just be. Or a lot of those social media people could be <clears throat> like me, who has a Twitter account, who uses it from yeah. time to time. But f even though I follow people on Twitter, I don't pay attention to. And it's not because no, it's, I, I it's not know. because they're not lovely people. Well, and, <laughs> and, sure and the other many thing of them too, are. I'm sure they are. Well, and the other thing too is, and we've been told this, and we've experienced it ourselves that notifications don't go out yeah. when they're supposed to. Uh, and they don't go out reliably. They don't go out on time, and they don't always go out at all. Well, so, it's there's a pretty clear trend that's been going with the social media things that basically they want to drive you to the places where they're going to make money. Yeah, they and, want you to boost the post. They and consequently, if they look at whether it's your Facebook account or your YouTube channel or your Instagram account, and they don't see a way to monetize that somehow, yeah. or you're not you're not clicking on enough ads, you're not buying enough things or whatever it is that they are using because yeah. they've got some sort of plat. They've got you know somebody somebody somewhere there wrote, wrote a program, and so consequently you're not. It's, I'm not saying you're not important to them. I'm oh, we're saying not. I'm, I know we're not. I'm saying you're not as important as <laughs> I know we're not because people who uh, it, uh, can generate them a lot of money. So the one of the things that came out of the conversation about Kappa mm -hmm. when all of that was going on at the end of at the end of last year, when the new terms of service for YouTube got put into place. I think it was November. Something like that. Yeah. So it was, it, a lot of people were going through it. And there was a clause in there that people noticed had not been in there before that basically said, in layman's interpretation of it, and, and it may not be what this means, but everybody was reading it this way. Sure. Is that... A, if by the YouTube, way, that's, that's a common mistake with legal things. It, so it is. In mind. But YouTube never came out and clarified. Well, of course not. Because not YouTube is too. terrible about communicating with anybody about anything until things blow up in their face and then they have to go, oh, wait, 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 wait. Sure. But anyway, so this clause basically, as everybody was reading it, essentially says YouTube can delete your channel if they don't think that you're going to make them any money. 
And that's probably what it means. Yeah. That's probably what it means. So I I have no doubt that at some point we're going to have a target on our back just simply because I, we're not we don't have any value to YouTube. So their business model is not leaning its way towards no. No. The, and uh, hello Robert in the chat. Well, smaller creators anymore. I know it's just one of those things. It's uh, it's unfortunate, you know. It's unfortunate things like um, Vimeo. Although it, it's a, we've used Vimeo over the years for right. a lot of film work, and because it's a great platform for filmmakers, because they don't compress things the way that YouTube does. The quality is generally higher. You can and we have a Vimeo channel here yeah. for sci-fi for me. We've we never use it. But it's also the kind of thing where it's so much easier. The it's kind of. It, it's kind of like Kleenex. YouTube is like Kleenex <laughs> in the fact that everybody says the word Kleenex, but Kleenex mm -hmm. is a copyrighted right. brand name. And but it's become or I, I'm going to get a Coke. Okay, you're yeah. talking. It's become it's become synonymous with with uh, a certain kind of thing, even though it's not real. Uh, the The problem with YouTube is that it, because it has the platform and the reach that it does, and everyone is so used to using it. That until things go as wherever YouTube is taking them, mm -hmm. uh, and and somebody you know the frankly somebody like Vimeo has been positioned for a long time, and Vimeo is not giving me any money. Uh, that would be nice, but no, um, they've been positioned for a long, long time to be a competitor to YouTube, but they never really treated themselves like a competitor to YouTube. It's basically, yeah, because here's they a platform for artists. Exactly, they they concentrated on music videos and filmmakers. Right. Instead of Joe Sumo make you know make whatever video you know cat videos or or stunts sure. with the skateboard or jumping off the roof or whatever, mm -hmm. YouTube got a lock on that. Now there are others. There's BitChute. There's Library. There's uh, there's Twitch, mm -hmm. which is primarily gaming. But we have shut down our Twitch channel because it wasn't we there wasn't any value to it. Um, we had talked we. We had experimented with the watch party feature, and that was a bust. So I figured, okay, we we'll just we'll just consolidate our effort down into certain things, mm -hmm. and let's focus on those. So the so the Twitch channel is gone, um, and now we come to find out today, uh, as an alternative to Twitch, Mixer is now gone. I wasn't because familiar, uh, familiar with Mixer. Mixer apparently was another thing, kind of like Twitch. Mm. And it has been absorbed into Microsoft Gaming. Oh, okay. So Mixer is gone. And a lot of people are lamenting the fact that Mixer is gone. Um, so that's one less, you know, again, we get down to one less channel, one less platform. The, the, the competition gets thinner. And On the flip side, which is the flip side, of course, of all the streaming channels where it's... Yeah. But that see, that's where YouTube wants to go. YouTube wants to be, because they, they started it with YouTube Red, mm -hmm. YouTube wants to be another Netflix. So they're, yes. pursuing, they're pursuing the deals with ESPN and CBS and, and MSNBC and all these, and, you know, Jimmy Kimmel and Jimmy Fallon and all these guys. Sure. That's where they want... To be in the next year or two is what everybody's predicting. I haven't, I haven't gotten any confirmation of that, 
We haven't seen them say that. But, no, they, but they don't say anything to anybody. But that seems to be the, the where the, the trend yeah. line is going. So, And it's unfortunate because, you know, until somebody comes along to pick up what YouTube was doing and doing it well, and, and yet, curiously, you know, we can get things like, you know, TikTok and Instagram videos and all these different things where, where people are actually using that stuff. And that's great. There's, you know, all these different people using these different platforms for getting little snippets out. Mm. But if you're doing any kind of long form content, yeah, uh, it's a real challenge. Right I, now. I, I personally have decided that we will never, ever use TikTok. I, I don't see a reason to use TikTok. No, I personally, see, I see uh, I see one big reason not to leaving leaving aside uh, uh, foreign com countries and and data. Uh, I just I'm I have seen I have seen a few <laughs> TikTok videos. Yeah, I don't I don't have any, any and and in good it. for you guys if you if you if you're a TikTok person, awesome. That's fantastic. I hope you're having a great time with it. But I also don't look at a lot at Instagram videos either, yeah. and you know, well, and so. we've we've played with Instagram video with the cosplay stuff, and that more than likely will come back in some in some form because we've still got some stuff we shot at C two E two for cosplay diaries. We haven't put that out yet, so we'll we'll get that out eventually. But in the meantime, we continue to live in the Demolition Man prequel, financed by George Soros and directed by Quentin Tarantino. Because that's kind of where we are right now. But there is good news. Well, there's interesting news. Well, I it depends wanna, on how you look at and, it. And so, inter and interestingly enough, when I get up in the morning, as I get ready from work, and I work from home, so it's a fairly leisurely process. Sure. Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I do is I'll take out my phone and I'll sit there and go, okay, overnight, did something break? Mm. I'll check the internet. And... You know, it's I've, I've got an Android phone and I've got I've got Chrome on my phone and, and and I look at it and so they give you these suggested stories, right? That you can you know sure. refine and do things like that. And one of them pops up is a thing about see, it's Jeopardy and Morgan, and I'm like, aha, it's a Walking Dead story. All right, they're going to tell us when we're going to get the final episode of the season <laughs> and maybe when the new season's even going to think about doing a thing, right? Great, fantastic, right? And I sit there and it goes, and I go, no, this is a. There's a rumor that. He's going to be playing Thomas Wayne in the Flash movie as and looking. That's at, an old one. That's from December. I know, but it's popped up again. Yeah. And so they're talking about oh, and it's like, well, you know, who knows? Because we don't know when Walking Dead is going to start filming again, and when's the flat? You know. So and and Jeffrey Dean Morgan has a history of working on film projects while doing TV, and so it's all fine and blah blah blah. And I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, okay, that's fine. And I just filed it away in my, okay, um, somebody said something to someone somewhere about Jeffrey Dean Morgan doing this. And this turned into somebody's news story. Yeah. I, don't even, I don't even remember what site it was on. It was just like, okay, whatever. <laughs> and so I'm doing my little, you know, doing my job today. Do, 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 do. Jason texts me. <laughs> he goes, should we talk about Michael Keaton tonight? And the, my heart <laughs> leapt into my throat. And I'm like... No, do not. Oh no! And and I look. I go to the internet, and it's like, oh no. Okay, fine. Because I had that little heartbreak, a horror moment well, of thinking that you know we didn't we didn't Mr. Post, Mom uh, was we, dead. We, we, didn't, we didn't post uh, an obituary for Ian Holm. Yeah, we should have. 
Um, that was that one. That one kind of got away from us. It was it was there, and then you know we were in the middle. I was in the middle of a bunch of different things dealing with stuff, and um, I was not on top of things for that. But uh, but yeah, this this thing started breaking today. Uh, the Hollywood Reporter, we call that up there on the on the browser tab there. Hollywood Reporter had a story on the um, the the possibility that Michael Keaton was going to come back as Batman in the Flash movie. And we won't we won't go through the thing there, but basically the details of it are that. Um, the the rumor for a while has been that the Flash movie was going to be some version of Flashpoint. Right. Which is the story where Barry Allen goes back to save his mom mm-hmm. and ends up breaking the universe, like right. Barry Allen does. He has a bit of a track record with poor choices involving time travel. This was a, a is Jeff Johns wrote this in the comics? I believe, I think, I believe I think so, yeah. Uh-huh. Right. Because everybody's got to have a tragic origin story now. Well, so, but Barry Allen's origin story was already a little tragic. It just wasn't emphasized as much. Well, it wasn't Eobard Thawne went back and killed his and killed Barry's mother. No, but we also had we also had uh, you know Iris West getting murdered. What is it on his wedding day? Um, in the seventies by the Reverse that. Flash. What uh, was it? I don't, yeah, I don't remember a, that one. The Barry Allen long before the Crisis on Infinite Earths, Barry Allen had actually gone to the future because Iris was Iris's consciousness had gone into the future. Etc. 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 This all works around to making Bart Allen show up later. Ah. Uh, so it's a whole little thing. But Barry, yeah, yeah it's, it's um, the particular storyline um, was actually the trigger for the last several years of the DC animated universe, which they just wrapped up with their Justice League Dark Apocalypse War right. thing, which wrapped, which did their full circle on on their that particular. Uh, DC animated universe through line, yeah. uh, and it's um, it's an interesting the <laughs> the pro- one of the problems with the Flashpoint, of course, is that the what came out of Flashpoint mm. was, was the new fifty two, and the Flashpoint comic book was actually pretty interesting in terms of here's an here's an alternate universe where. It's all wrong. It's all bad. Yeah. Right. Um, what if comics were doing that for Marvel for many, many years? The DC's Elseworlds series was based on uh, a large part on what if this bad thing happened instead of this good thing? Uh, that sort of thing. This is this is not new. The problem is, of course, it led to the New 52 and us going, really? Must we? Yeah. Um, the, the thing that gets me today is, because we have been talking about uh, Michael Keaton... Returning as Batman since Birdman. Oh yeah. Uh, well, since before that, but but Birdman is what cemented into a lot of of minds that he could do this. Yeah. And every every discussion that I've ever seen online about it has always been in the context of Batman Beyond, right? Not Flashpoint. And if you haven't seen Batman Beyond, first of all, you should. You should. It's actually a. Uh, 
Batman spin-off animated series that, and the comic book series has actually been going on for a long while. And I hear, I, I've read a few issues over a time, but it never consistently. I've heard good things about, you know, as overall, the issues I've read have been good. Uh, but the idea there is that, of course, you have an older Bruce Wayne who's retired from being Batman. And uh, uh, Terry McGillis uh, stumbles into the role right. of being Batman and becomes the, the next generation of... And, of course, he brings back these, these characters, Dick Grayson and, and, and Barbara Gordon, and a lot of these characters have returned, and the next generation of villains and that sort of thing as well. And fans were looking at the TV series, and there was a talk early on, way, way, well, years and years ago, where they were like, we're going to get a... Ba there's talk about a Batman Beyond movie. Oh yeah, that that was that was out there for a long time. And a lot of people were very excited about that because the DC animated the the you know the Batman animated show mm. uh, was so well received, and then Batman Beyond was very well received, and it seemed like a logical thing to do is to do a live action version. And of it this. was all in the same universe because Kevin Conroy was still playing Bruce Wayne, right? Mark Hamill was the Joker, mm -hmm. and so it was it was in that continuity. Um, and yeah, Robert, that was Emma Stone that played uh, the daughter in Birdman. Mm -hmm. I think she'd be okay as Batgirl. I'd be, I'd be fine with Emma Stone as Batgirl. Oh, yeah. I think that she'd... Uh... So the story today, then, is not Batman Beyond. Right. It's The Flash. And everybody kind of went, huh? It could work. And then people started thinking, well, wait a minute. Flashpoint doesn't have Bruce Wayne. Flashpoint has Thomas Wayne. Right, which is what they were thinking of for... Uh, Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Jeffrey Dean Morgan. Because he played Thomas Wayne mm -hmm. in Batman v Superman. And it actually would have tied in as loosely as they're tying in things now. Yep. because. You know. And according to Grace Randolph, who has got a pretty good ear to the ground on this stuff, she's, she's got some good sources... Back in December, and this is the story that you were talking about, Jeffrey Dean Morgan was circling Thomas Wayne again for mm -hmm. another project somewhere. That deal, according to her sources, didn't go through. Mm. And she was all over Twitter today insisting that if Michael Keaton is going to be in The Flash, then he's going to be Thomas Wayne because you can't do Flashpoint and not have Thomas Wayne. And if Jeffrey Dean Morgan's not going to play Thomas Wayne, somebody's got to play Thomas Wayne, so you got Michael Keaton. The problem is, everybody knows Michael Keaton as Batman 89, Bruce Wayne. Right. So how are you going to make this work? And people were pushing back on her. It's like, oh, he's got to be playing Bruce. That's the only way it works, is if you put Michael Keaton in there, he can't play Thomas. He has to play Bruce. She's like, he can't be Bruce. He's got to be Thomas. And then she comes out with another video. She's like, all right, this is what I'm hearing. Because it's it's been changing all day. Sure. And um, Machete, the, the director, mm -hmm. he's, he's on record in an interview saying, this is not Flashpoint as you would expect. So... With that, we now have wiggle room oh, yeah, okay. to do whatever. And with Ezra Miller showing up on the Flash on the CW as the Flash in the multiverse, right. now you know the sky is the limit. You can do anything you want. Right. Which I have to say that uh, for everything that's going on going on with the DC film universe, that little bit of let's have a show up on the TV shows. 
and thus make it all canon. Yeah. Make it all, make the multiverse. It's the multiverse. It's multiverse. So you can, at this point, do whatever you like, and then you sit there and go, okay, Wonder Woman worked out. Aquaman seems to be doing pretty well. The Aquaman 2 is, you know, we're excited about that. Okay. Mm. And then we've got, oh, so the Flash movie finally happens, and it's good. Okay, good, good, good. And, you know, <clears throat> Robin Pattinson turns out to be a good Batman. Okay, good, 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 good. And then you sit there, and a few years on the line, you go, all right, now we can try this again. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Well, we're talking about. I, I, hear, I hear rumors of a Justice, another Justice League movie, and I'm like, okay, I've heard, but wait. I've heard Justice League two. I've heard Man of Steel two is back on the table, but what I'm what I'm also hearing is that Warner Brothers originally was going to be moving away from the Snyderverse. Mm-hmm. AT&T comes in and says, what's this Snyder Cut thing we keep hearing about? So now suddenly the Snyder Cut is in. So now the Snyder Cut, the, the Snyderverse is back in play. And the Flash moving forward is still set in the Snyderverse. You still have Ezra Miller playing the Flash, mm -hmm. even though... There are a lot of people that think that he, he should be recast, especially after that incident in Iceland, which, surprisingly enough, disappeared from the I media know, I, right after I, it happened. I was not because I'd heard I'd heard everything from it was uh, uh, a staged thing, all the way to uh, studio brushing it under the rug. And mm -hmm. um, although I have to say that the days when the studio could get away with brushing things under the rug, yeah, it's, those, you can't I'm not saying anymore. it can't be done now. I'm saying that it's a lot harder than it was when, well, you know. And, and given that there was video. Right. And that's. That's, that's what gets me. And, and I'm thinking, okay, with, and again, we go back to things like the accusations against Warren Ellis and. Uh, Cameron Stewart, Eric Esquivel. I, I mean, those have a sexual nature to them. Right. As opposed to Ezra Miller straight up just choking someone okay. and taking her to the ground. Uh, yeah, violence. But in but it's all violence. most circles I'm familiar with, that's assault. Generally speaking, yes. Unless it was staged. And if it was staged, then Why? Yeah, I what just, purpose does that serve? Well, and and the context that we got it in does not mean it was the was you know, we we got yeah. a piece of this. It's it's all it's very odd. But in any event, the fact that he's still doing this, I mean, on one hand, great. A lot of people who did not care for parts of Justice League enjoyed his performance. He's all right. And a lot of well, not everybody did, but I mean, some people did. That, yeah. That's in terms of in terms of people looking for bright spots in a film that was not particularly popular. <laughs> You know, there's there's moments like you know, and you know, well, I kind of like I, I liked Ezra Miller, and that was like <laughs> for some folks that was a redeeming part of the film. Yeah, and so you end up with you know, so some folks I'm sure there are folks who really haven't. I thought he was all right. I'm I'm perfectly fine with him having another Flash movie, unless he's an awful person, at which point he should go away. But I mean, you know, I don't know that he is. Well, and that goes back to several of our conversations talking about separating the art from the artist and and where does that line go if he's committed a crime yes he's right gone. and and i think that i think that's a uh, if nothing else there should be a line there but yeah um so what the snyderverse actually becomes when all is said and done 
because AT&T and Warner is taking a bit of a gamble. As much as, as much as I'm sure a lot of folks would love to have the Snyder Cut turn out to be a really, really awesome movie, you have to bear in mind that the previous two films in the Snyderverse were, let's use the word divisive. Yeah. And for not as divisive as the Last Jedi, but they had they were oh they I don't know mixed. Man of Steel was pretty divisive for a lot of people. There was a you may cast your mind back to the to the early days of the internet a couple of years ago. Well, <laughs> where... I say I I say this I say this based on my own reaction to the two films, because when I watched Man of Steel, and Robert makes a good point about the viability of of whether or not the Snyder Cut's actually going to be a success or not. I think after all of the online petitioning and the clamoring and the fan, it, it has to happen, give us, give it, give us, you know, this, I think initially it will be successful enough that AT&T will say, okay, it got us HBO Max launched. And, and, and that's all it's that's all it's supposed to do. From their point of view, yeah. yes. But from the fan point of view, the thing that I think that we all need to keep in mind, and I realize I realize I'm casting my voice out into the void when I say things like this. Sure, like we do. But um, temper your expectations. It's not going to be Christmas. Yeah. It's not going to be, you know, the the, the 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 clouds will not open, the light will not beam down, and there will be the Snyder Cut and everything will be roses. You have to bear in mind that um, it's going to be a movie that, again, I think it's going to be really divisive. And, and it's still going to have the same tone as the other two. And if you didn't like the first two films, if you were someone who thought that... Um, now, and and I, I found things to like about both films and things that I really didn't like about both films. So, uh, quite frankly, I, <laughs> for me, the Justice League was like, this is a disappointing end to a very interesting take, because you and I have talked about this before, yeah. and the, the and just really super briefly, my biggest issue was something I thought was one of the more interesting things that Snyder was doing, which was he was saying, what if these people, what if these were real people? What if this, what if this was happening in, in the, the real, real world? world yeah. Which is something that was very disturbing for a lot of people for Man of Steel because in context of the real world and for the folks who are listening to this at home uh, air quotes, seriously uh, the the concept of the real world superheroes are terrifying can be they are nightmare fuel and because, you know, the in every Avengers movie every Marvel movie every DC movie if you sit there and do the do the math and go, how many people died when that building fell down? Yeah. Well, Man of Steel was like, here's an, you know, you couldn't avoid it because half of Metropolis was leveled. You couldn't avoid it in things like Batman v Superman and, and you know, all these different things. And uh, and that really was disturbing for folks. And the, the concept, you know, Superman shouldn't kill. It's like, well, of course, <clears throat> Superman shouldn't kill. But historically, he has... We all prefer to move past those points in the comic. Well, and so now you get to this, and then you, of course, you learn later that in the original script, he wasn't going to kill Zod. Mm -hmm. That Zod was going to go to the Phantom Zone. <coughs> and this is a problem with superhero films in general, by the way. Superhero films have a tendency to kill off their villain. Yeah, I've always been been irritated by that. Even even going back to Batman eighty nine when they killed off the Joker, I'm like, why would you do that? 
Well, but then they were planning on bringing Nicholson back anyway. They just, as I recall, they couldn't afford him I at that know. point. But the uh, to answer Robert's question, yes, Wonder Woman is, uh, it is in the Snyder verse, but it's since it's Patty Jenkins, it's going to have a different tone. Mm-hmm. And by that time, the reaction to Man of Steel and Batman v Superman was such that they said, okay, we need to kind of. Make needs, adjustments, but it and also such. both both the first film and the second film are set prior to the Snyder versus original, or you know, the early events of the, the Snyder verse. Yeah, so you can actually play in this and not worry about, but you know, but the tone is so different. Well, that's okay because it's you know, sure. twenty years before <clears throat> or a hundred years before. Well, and, and I think with the Flash. Um, what we're hearing as far as that goes, yes, it's in the Snyder the Snyder verse, but it's a multiverse. There's there's a there's word, and again, I'm I'm going to quote Grace Randolph because this is in her latest video after she talked to people and said, okay, I I'm trying to find out what's going on right. because we're hearing all of these conflicting reports, and she has people telling her that Ezra Miller, with all of the time travel that's involved with Flashpoint is actually going to visit the Burtonverse. So Batman 89 Gotham City is going to be in the Flash. It's a multiverse, why not? But how do you do that without Tim Burton? Oh, well... I mean, really. But see, if they're going to do the Burtonverse, that opens up everybody. But you know what we need. You know what we need. He goes to the Burtonverse, and he meets... Older Bruce Wayne uh-huh. at a party, and Bruce Wayne introduces his wife, Selena Kyle. Kyle. Yep, and their daughter. All of them could be there, and, and their daughter, Helena. Helena. Yep, <laughs> they all could and be there. Your, and because I mean, and it's uh, ooh, do you get the same actress from Birds of Prey, and or do you get a different actress, and so you can have a crossover later? You mean okay? You, which you talking? Are you talking about movie Birds of Prey or? Either or, one, or the, or the one. CW birds of prey. Either one, that would be great. Well, then, because you, because again, the TV show, for all the fact that you know you, whether you, whether you're a fan of the of the TV versions of the DC universe, and actually, there are two TV versions of Huntress. Yes, there's um, Helena Bertinelli from the CW universe, and then there's Helena Wayne from the WB version. Of right, yeah, Birds of yeah. Prey from way back. So you have all these things you could play with, and and then of course, and of course, you can't. Danny DeVito's character, Penguin is dead. Uh, Jack, Jack Nicholson's, Nicholson's Joker is dead. dead. Billy D. Williams is still alive. Billy D. Williams is still alive, and we never got the Billy D. Williams Two Face. Right. That, quite frankly, who's different from Tommy Lee Jones's Two Face because we there's theories online that this is a different. It's a parallel universe it's not and, the same batman well and that i think it, it makes as much sense as anything and quite frankly you know cast your mind back again gather around children let me tell you of the old days uh prior to the internet again again for as excited as everyone is right now about the idea that michael keaton is playing batman again you do have to remember that at the time when it was announced that michael keaton was going to play batman mm. fan reaction was just a, everyone 
the vast majority of people who were heard. Let's qualify that. Again, the loudest voices are still the ones you hear, whether right. or not it's the majority of the folks who actually have how people really think. And they are, it was just like, Mr. Mom, this comedian, this, this, you're not taking it seriously. Well, and this is before Robin Williams did any dramatic oh, yeah. work. You know, everybody was a comedian. And, and, and you know, you've got uh, Michael Keaton, you've got Robin Williams, you have um, Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. all of whom have gone on to do dramatic roles. Right. And this really kind of was one of the first ones. I mean, you had Christopher Lloyd as Krug in Star Trek Three, Right. But he was and, under so much makeup, and, and there, yeah, there and, were people and, and, who watched that movie wait, who did not... That's Reverend Jim? Yeah, exactly. What? They were not putting yeah. that together. So you look at something like, like that, where people were just like, this is not... Oh, this is going to be awful. Yeah. And then he turns in a, a really fascinating performance. And again, if you haven't seen Batman 89 in a long time, you should go back and watch it. Because one of the really interesting things about Bruce Wayne in this movie is how much Bruce Wayne is really messed up. Yeah. I mean, he is somebody who you you watch his body language, you watch the way he reacts to people, the way he rocks to things. This is a troubled man. And as, and it, as Bruce Wayne should be. And, and it, that's that's how it is. And and it's a surprisingly nuanced portrayal of someone who is, you know, the kind of person who you could sit there and go, yeah, he puts on a costume and goes and fights crime. Mm-hmm. And it and it manages to work. And I think some of that comes out of the fact that comedy we talked about com- how comedy and horror have many of the same they basically have the same beats. Yeah. And to some degree one of the things that comedians and not every comedian of course it translates into being a good actor. Uh, they might be a great comedian and a great performer but that doesn't mean they're necessarily a great actor. There's mm-hmm. a difference between a performer and an actor. Right. Uh, and and so and you end up with these folks who can carry this kind of weight, and when they do it really really well. And of course, they were talking about Robin Williams for the Riddler at one point, mm-hmm. which would have been a very interesting. In fact, um, in the alternate universe, I want to see the movie where Billy D. Williams was Two Face and Robin Williams was the Riddler, and I want to see that version just because I think it would be awesome. But that was the other thing is that Billy D. Williams, when they cast Billy D. Williams at Harvey Dent, people were just like, Harvey Dent can't be black. It's the movie. Stop worrying about it. Um, but, and yet we got, you know, a version. Tommy Lee Jones, fantastic actor. He He's played villains before. Yeah. And yet he was, I, I think he was massively ill-suited to play Two-Face. And he, I do too. I think from, was way, his performance was way over the top. I he he was to me was miscast. Well, and he also seemed to have a really horrid time on set. From what we what we the stories that have come out, he didn't Jim Carrey did not get along. Yeah, and there was just, it was not an enjoyable experience for him, which I have a feeling kind of translated into the into the performance as well. Is even though he's a, a you know a, he is a professional, still it's hard it's hard to let that stuff. Yeah, because he was cause, you know because. Tommy Lee Jones is a much more serious actor, mm. and Jim Carrey apparently on that set was not. Yeah, and um, I think that that was also really prior to, you know, um, the breakout roles of things like The Truman Show, where we saw got to see, you know, Jim Carrey really being something 
far more than we were used to. And again, for the majority of people, Jim Carrey's uh, footprint on the national consciousness was coming out of In Living Color, mm -hmm. where he was very much a, you know, physical, over-the-top comedian. There was there was no real indication to show that he would have the depth of performance. Ace Ventura. Yeah, and you would you just never got the sense that he would have the depth that he he showed in some of his dramatic roles. But again, no one was seeing that from Robin Williams. You got hints of it from things like Good Morning Vietnam, mm -hmm. but then you would get you know, you know one-hour photo sat there. Everyone sat mm -hmm. there and went, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> He's Robin Williams is terrifying in that movie, and and nobody would really see that. So, the idea that that Michael Keaton could be a great Batman, and then we would we would have this attachment to Michael Keaton's two I films, know, right? That is, and when you consider that, you know, this is Tim Burton is a divisive director for mm -hmm. a lot of people. He's got a very distinct vision that he brings to his movies. Well, let me say that he did. The last few years of, of Tim Burton movies, I think Tim Burton's last really good movie was Big Fish. And um, I'm sure Tim Burton fans might disagree with me on that. But that was his last, like, uh, uh, fantastic movie. You know, sort of this fantastic realism kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and now he's sort of... Uh, it's almost like he's gone, okay, just give me the money and I'll make the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the, the, I've never been a huge fan of Tim Burton just in general. Mm. Um, it just, his sensibility to me just feels a little He kind of off. makes fairy tales. He kind of makes these sort of, I mean, his, there's a magic realism thing that goes on in his movies. And I think that when it works really well, you can end up with the sort of night, dark nightmare world that the Batman movies that he made are. And he, he really leans into it in the second film, which is this sort of Gotham City as, you know, uh, an evil circus. You know, you've got, uh, you know, even even more so than when, when you have a lot of clowns in the first one, mm. this sort of, you know, the the grotesque figures of Max Schreck and the grotesque figure of Danny DeVito's Penguin, the the psychosexual stuff going on with Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman. You know, these right. there's all these different things that he's leaning into, these exaggerations, which is sort of his his bread and butter. This is what he likes to do. And the, I, I think that as somebody who has enjoyed that when it works really well... The films he's made probably over the last decade have just not let not had that spark. Um, and I think it was uh, um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory mm. was kind of the the point where it was just like, okay, yeah. here's the line between you know the the really interesting weird Tim Burton stuff, and then here's just the um, weird. Uh, weird yeah, uh, and eh, I mean to, to each their own, but yeah, I, th I, to, but but the the universe, the world that he created for the Batman universe, visually stylistic enough mm -hmm. that it is iconic itself. Oh yeah, I mean the Batmobile alone. I mean, can you imagine seeing the Batmobile again? <laughs> Robert Meyer Burnett put took his yeah, apparently Hot Toys made a made a Batmobile about big 
Mm-hmm. And he's got one. And he's in, on his video today reacting to all of this news. He says, any excuse to bring this thing out. And he's holding it over his head. And it's just gigantic. And I, I thought, it would be kind of cool to have one of those. I don't know where to put it. But it would be fun to have one of those. Um, but not only are we hearing that Michael Keaton would be coming back as Bruce Wayne. Mm-hmm. But it would be for more than just The Flash. And he would bring bring to the table a Bruce Wayne that would be similar in purpose to Samuel L. Jackson's Nick Fury in the Marvel Universe. Sort of an over overarching, you know, this this supervisory mentor type of thing, and they're talking about the Batgirl movie being another place where he'd show up. Hmm. And I have to wonder, okay, if Batgirl is getting a movie, now consider Batgirl was taken out of Birds of Prey, which is Batgirl's group. I mean, it was the 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 entire idea of the Birds of Prey movie that we got is just ludicrous to me because the Birds of Prey aren't in that movie. I digress. But if we've get if we're getting a Batgirl movie, whether Joss Whedon does it or whoever else does it, if it's still on the table, and Bruce Wayne, older Bruce Wayne, Flashpoint Bruce Wayne is going to be in that mentor capacity. What if he becomes the Snyderverse DCEU multiverse version of Oracle? What if he becomes that character? Interesting. Because he's got all the computers. Right, 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 yeah. So he he kind of does well, that for Terry McGinnis in Batman Beyond. Right. There's nothing that says he couldn't do that for everybody. And, you know, well, and, and considering that <clears throat> including it, his younger self. Even in the comics, uh, for good and for ill, and there's arguments, pros, and cons on this, where Barbara Gordon is no longer Oracle because she's walking yeah. again. And and there's art there's again, there's arguments, the pros there's pro and con to this. Uh, I personally am a fan and this such this is such a strange sentence to say. I'm perfectly a, personally a fan of Barbara Gordon in a wheelchair. Um Well she, oh, because they wrote interesting. Because they wrote it really, really well overall, yeah. and they did. And and the Birds of Prey, what a lot of us are familiar with from the comic book, is of course grew out of Barbara Gordon as Oracle putting together a team because she couldn't be out in the field. She put together a team that could be right. And uh, the there's a lot of different things that they could play with here. Now in the Snyderverse, you have Dick Grayson being the Dead Robin. That he has confirmed that again and again and again. And that in his his intention, as the Robin costume we saw in Batman v Superman, was that that is Dick Grayson. Jason Todd has not been mentioned as far as I can tell. Right. And we did see, I believe there was a photograph that leaked that showed Dick Grayson's tombstone. Uh, I, I, I think I, I that, was, that was a thing. Now, unless, unless it was just a fake... Now, supposedly, thing, but... and we hear that it's on again, off again, on again, off again. There's a there's a Nightwing movie, but it's on again, off again, on again, off again. And I'm pretty uh-huh. sure the last I heard it was off again, right? So I haven't right. heard anything. But so the which of course would be definitely moving away from the Snyderverse viewpoint because at this point, 
what we got in Batman v Superman is there's a dead Robin. We right. didn't get a it's. But since we haven't got an on-screen confirmation that it is Dick Grayson, that right. could change. Sure. If they decided they wanted to do a Nightwing thing, then they could they could switch it up. But they're also you wouldn't I mean if you stare a long time at what the Snyderverse was actually trying to do in terms of what he, the stories he was trying to because again we're going to get a Justice League movie with what he intended to do, except we're not because it was supposed to be two movies and it was the first the first arc of and and the implication was back in the day when they were talking about it was that it was going to be the justice league was more or less going to lose right. it was basically going to be avengers endgame it was going to be the infinity war thing where the heroes lose and then they win again and but if you're looking at a six hour thing on hbo max assuming it's a six hour assuming thing. it's six hours but even if it's four oh yeah then you still can do that maybe you can do we'll two, we'll two hour see, movies. we'll see what happens but, but i had a thought let's say michael keaton is coming back as bruce wayne older mm -hmm. bruce wayne batman beyond bruce wayne sure this particular bruce wayne takes the oracle role and then develops brother eye Well, we have seen him play bad guys before. Olmac. Mm-hmm. I know. Why I know. not? Because you could you could do that. If if this is Bruce Wayne from the future, maybe if he comes back to our present, he brings some tech with him that allows well, him to develop, you know, Brother Eye and Olmac. And I I've seen what's going to happen. We need a defense against it. And of course, you do the Tony Stark Ultron thing at that point. Right. And which see, well, and that's, and then, that's part of the problem is that both comic book universes have done similar stories. Right. You know, you've got Ultron, you've got Obak, you've got uh, Thanos, you've got Darkseid, you've got Galactus. Well, Galact Galactus and Thanos both. You've got Darkseid. Who, who would be the, no, the DC equivalent Th Th of... Thanos and Darkseid. Thanos really and Darkseid. Yeah. Who would be the, the DC equivalent of Galactus? Anti-Monitor? Um, the there, really there really isn't a DC equivalent of Galactus because Galactus is more force of nature, not actively evil. Yeah. Uh, in, in the best Galactus stories, it was always... Look, it's not personal. I just have to eat your planet. Yeah. And, and and it was always you know the idea that because I mean there's a great arc where Reed Richards saves Galactus's life and then Reed Richards is put on trial by a bunch of alien races for basically saving this destructive force and he's mm -hmm. like he's a principal part of the universe how the universe works you like, you can't just kill him um, and it's made for some interesting Galactus stories over time so DC doesn't have that particular kind of of entity. They've got a bunch of other different kinds of entities that serve similar roles, but right. not have the, not a one to one. Now, um, I always thought that, well, back in the day when we first got rumors of a DC universe uh, in film, I kind of figured they would build up to something like Crisis, but of course they did it on the TV show and did a fairly decent job of making it all work, even mm -hmm. if even if we did have a whole bunch of you know just. And now here's 
10 seconds with the actor you remember from your childhood. <laughs> but see, but that, it was great. It, it was fun. It worked. But I just, I think, I think I would be perfectly happy if we got Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne in Batman Beyond. If we, if that's, if we get a flash slips in, you know, slips into a, an alternate universe and we meet mm-hmm. Terry McGillis in the Batman but, Beyond suit. But if we're doing Bruce Wayne, but you know, if we're if we're doing Michael Keaton as Bruce Wayne in a in a multi-picture deal, the Flash could set up a Batman Beyond movie. Well, it could and you could also have it be the evil thing because you meet him as this is Batman 89. Uh, you know, older, wiser, retired, whatever they do, and then you go to an alternate universe, and it's Thomas Wayne, because I mean, you you could still you could it, 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 it'd well, be a and bit I've of seen a, I've seen people mention on to, on on social media that they would be perfectly fine to see both. Mm-hmm. You get Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Thomas. Mm-hmm. You get Michael Keaton as older Bruce, Bruce Beyond. I guess you could call him. And you could still do Flashpoint, and wouldn't that be a wild scene? You get Michael Keaton's Batman looking at Jeffrey Dean Morgan's Thomas Wayne, and going, as Batman, as, as, as Batman, Flashpoint Flash Batman, Dad. I mean, could you imagine? Would that be something? <laughs> that would just be really kind of bizarrely cool. Uh, Robert, yes, Big Fish, best. That is the best Tim Burton movie. And Michelle Pfeiffer looking at them both, going, "What's going on?" <laughs> <laughs> well. See, the thing is, and then now you need to get Michael Douglas a role. Just <laughs> yes. so you can Just confuse everybody. He could, he could be, he could be, oh, uh, who could he be? Um, Commissioner Gordon. Well. He could be an alternate universe Commissioner Gordon. He could be, a, he could be Commissioner Gordon, but he could also be Hamilton from the old Superman TV series. This is, why not? Let, has what? there been a good Emil Hamilton? In, was there? Have they done Emil? No, no, no. Not, not, well, yeah, they've had Emil Hamilton in there, but I was talking about the Inspector oh, no, no, Hamilton, no, no, the just, detective from the just, George Reeves show. I was just thinking there was an, an Emil Hamilton in the uh, there was the a, WB in, series. Um, yeah, there was because um, uh, he's in the movie. He's in. He was in Man in of movie. Steel. He was in. He was in Smallville, I think. Okay, because I'm just wondering. And it was played by the guy. He was. Uh, he played uh, Gata on uh, Battlestar Galactica. Right, right, right. Okay, yeah. Al- right. Alessandro Gillon. Yeah, I think, I think that might be right. But no, no, yeah, no, 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 I remember. Yeah, yeah and, and again, that's an unfortunate thing. Man of Steel killed off a number of really, really interesting, good characters. Not just villains. You could bring them back. You could bring them back. It's a multiverse. It's a multiverse. You know what? Uh, is the guy is the guy who who played Magic um, um, Etch a um, what's his name? I don't uh, know. <laughs> uh, the detective Eckhart Porkins is he still oh, yeah. alive? Um, I want to say I he's not. Don't think he is. I don't think he is. That would be something. Well, Only not yeah. not as Eckhart. He'd have to be. Oh well, you could get Donald Logue to play um, Bullock. Well, Harvey see, Bullock. and you just should. You should. You should. See, there's you could this if you lean into this, and I think I think that really, if this is what they're going with, it's it makes sense from a storytelling standpoint, and also from a cover your butt standpoint, mm. because obviously when when Warner Brothers decided they were going to do what they were doing with the Snyderverse, um, it clearly you know 
made a lot of people happy and a lot of people unhappy. It was a divisive thing. And you look at those first two films and they're, you know, the division for all the people are crowing about getting the Snyder. We're going to get the Snyder cut. We're gonna, you know, don't lose sight that there were plenty of people who sat there and went, this is not my Superman. Mm -hmm. This is not my Batman. This is not what I want from these characters. I was disappointed in Man of Steel mainly because of what they did with Jonathan Kent. I think There's that's a, a key component in Superman's formative years where and you could have fixed it with 10 seconds. Well, and that's a that's a, I think I think he's going after the dog. He's mm -hmm. got to save the dog from the tornado, right? Let him have a heart attack while he's going after the dog. And he said, you know, he knows he's done. Mm -hmm. I'm having a heart attack. This is the big one, Elizabeth. I'm on my way. Okay, that's what I was telling you about is go ahead and just click that tab off. Just close the tab. Just, there we go. Okay. Sorry, a little technical uh, stuff here. Um, but, but you have him have his heart attack mm -hmm. while he's chasing the dog, and he waves Clark off. And right there, that fixes everything. Because well, no, well, I, I, as far as that part goes. Well, as far as that part goes, but I think that that you and I have talked about in the past that one of the issues with that film, in terms of of Jonathan Kent, is it fits completely in the Snyderverse. Again, trying to root it in the real world with the kind of per, with the kind of worldview that Jonathan Kent has in that film. That that yeah. more that more paranoid, more afraid, more fearful for Clark. We're fearful of the world, and and you and I have talked about the fact that I my viewpoint was if you're trying to root this in the world, the real world, you know, consider who John, what Jonathan Kent would have gone through. He would have gone through Vietnam and Watergate and all these things. Yeah, he wouldn't I, have the trust that that we got. There's a there was an optimism and and positivity through a lot of the portrayals of of Jonathan Kent in the comic books because. He was a man, he was always written as an older character then. And so you're getting somebody who, you know, he was he was the greatest generation. He was the, yeah. you know, we we beat the Nazis. We, and, you know, yeah, we, the we built time, the modern world. At the same time, though, even with Costner's Kent being younger and being in that real world type of thing, if you, if you let him have the heart attack, then Clark still has no control and he can't save him. Whether right. he oh, goes yeah. after him, no, that, whether he gets him or not, that scene, that's that's the piece. This is a bad scene in the movie. I mean, it's yeah. just a, it's a, it's a, it's. <sighs> there's a lot of symbolism in Man of Steel. Mm. Some of it is less than subtle. I believe it's known as getting smacked in the head with the two by four. Yeah, um, and that is one of those scenes, you know. And and there's a. I'm a big fan of symbolism in movies, but just it, not overblown. Just don't in it, your face. Exactly. Don't don't hit me with it. Don't. Yeah. You know, let let me get a chance to see it for myself. Yeah. So you run into that sort of thing where these films were really really divisive and did not make everybody happy. No film is ever going to do that, of course. But there are a lot of folks who thought this is not the this is the direction we don't want this going, and it was the, so so I'm a little skeptical that. We're going to the Snyder. The getting the Snyder cut is going to change what they're planning doing now. And of course, I could be very wrong. 
but I think I don't I don't see the Snyder Cut being and now we're going to realign ourselves with the Snyderverse. I no, I I think it's with the Snyder Cut and whatever the Flash ends up being and having some version of Flashpoint there. Mm-hmm. That opens up like we were talking about earlier, the multiverse. Right. So you have the Snyderverse, the Burtonverse, the the Batman sixty six verse, the CW verse, you know, all all of these different things now come into play in the movies as well as the television show. Right. I think you can really get you can it, even it, Lego Batman. It is, allows is you to open up the story yeah. in a way that is uh, probably best for the DC movie universe now anyway. Well, plus I mean, if you, of, if you introduce, yeah, plus if you introduce the concept of a multiverse, you can get a different Batman. Mm-hmm. You could get, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the Superman of earth 38 or whatever, the, the, the black president. Oh yeah. Uh-huh, sure. Is a Superman. You could do all of the, all of the different variations and it doesn't always have to be Bruce Wayne as Batman. Right. And that's, you know, kind of like with Miles Morales as Spider-Man, because he's in a different universe. You open up the multiverse, and then you can have Bruce Wayne Batman, Hector Gonzalez Batman. I mean, you can right. do whatever you want to at that point. There's a a, a, a long time ago, uh, and unfortunately, you know, it, it t- different tone now, wondering what it is with Warren Ellis, but uh, his... Uh, uh, the stuff he was doing for Wildstorm mm. with uh, the early version of The Authority and, and that sort of thing. Um, but one of the comics that he did um, involved uh, characters who were um, looking at... It was, sort of a, it was sort of a look at pop culture. It was think, think something along the lines of League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, but for the 20th century and with 20th century pop culture... But sure. very, very rooted in comic books. Essentially, the Fantastic Four were the villains, and it was it was all very interesting. But they had a Batman issue. They had a Batman crossover issue, where they went to Gotham City, which was a pit, uh, and ran into a, a part of the research team was a guy named uh, Richard, and uh, his assistant was named Jasper, who had a green tint to his hair. Mm. And they encountered a bunch of different. They end up in Crime Alley. And they're chasing a guy who can manipulate reality. And he basically does it by shifting into different universes. And so there's a whole bunch of sequences where they keep encountering Batman. But it's Batman from, he's got, you know, Bat Villain Repellent. Or it's the Dark Knight Returns Batman. Or it's the Neil Adams Batman. Or it's all these different versions of Batman. And they, how they react to these characters, he's different in every one. And finally the end bit is where... <clears throat> he confronts this this man who is that universe's version of Bruce Wayne. It's not his name, but that's who he is. You know, his parents were murdered as a child, and and all these things. And he, you know, he gives him, you know, you take that pain and and you 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 make it so that it, other people don't have to experience it. You know, you have, uh, you know, you you build something better out of it, and then it shows. Uh, this idealized version of Batman. And it's just like all these different pieces of Batman put into one. And it's a really great little one-off story. Sure. You know, they don't, uh, and it's, 
a really freeing thing in terms of story for them to be able to uh, do whatever they want. If the Flash movie ends up being a, and and now the multiverse. Mm-hmm. All which, you see before you is all the chances be. you can take and all yeah. the different stories you can tell. It frees up Warner Brothers to make any kind of superhero movie they want. Yep. And if they want to tie them together, they can. And if they don't, doesn't matter. Yeah, and if they want to do more than one Batman in a movie, they can. Sure. Because now if if Flashpoint creates the multiverse in the cinematic universe, then we have Michael Keaton, we have Ben Affleck, we have Robert Pattinson. That's not all we have. Somebody else made a certain appearance as a live action. Val, Val Kilmer's never coming back. No, no. George Clooney probably won't. If you know what, if if considering George Clooney's constant statements that he's sorry, yeah, the fact that he could probably sit there and go, you know, this is your chance to redeem yourself. <laughs> you know, and, and, and he, he doesn't have to worry about money. He can just sit there and go. Sure. Okay. Fine. I mean, yeah, I do it. Yeah. Well, it will be interesting to see how how it all shakes out. And yeah. We will keep an eye on it, and of course, you know, as as the rumors come out, and as the as the news actually firms up. Oh, yeah. You know, people are excited about it. We'll see what it actually turns out to be. So. Yeah. In the meantime, since we do not have our Indiegogo campaign in place anymore, uh, it makes it even more important. That we mention our Subscribestar account. Uh, if any of you have any interest in backing us financially, uh, that is the way you can do that. Uh, we've got a $5 tier and a $10 tier. Plus, we have a discount negotiated over at SuperheroStuff.com. Uh, you get 10% off your order when you use the promo code SciFi for me 10 And that, as they say, is that. There's another one in the can. We are getting very close See, next week will be 230 episodes. We've we've had maybe we'll make it to 250. A few things to talk about over the years. We have, and and I don't think we've repeated ourselves too much. Too much. Not too much. All right. Thanks very much for watching, folks. Uh, Be sure to have your notifications on. Like I said, I have a sneaky suspicion. I cannot prove it, but I have a suspicion we're being shadow banned. So please share the links. Have your notifications turned on, and we will be back probably next week with another H2O podcast. Thanks, folks. Copyright 2020 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.